an error occurred on Facebook. Says we're live. A little thing just came up. We are live. Good evening, everybody. <laughs> Don't you just love technology? Isn't it wonderful? And a very warm welcome to one of our Lyceum nights. So the topic is spiritualism and aspects of that. And tonight we are looking at healing. Uh, we've got a lovely guest for us tonight, Mr. Ian Mason from London. Ian, good evening, sir. Good evening, Lawrence. How are you? I'm wonderful. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us tonight and being our guest to share some of your knowledge and your passions. Pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolute pleasure. So, Ian, could you just give us a wee bit of a background on yourself, please? Yes, of course. I, um, I'm just mastering my screen at the moment. Like you say, technology... That's okay. <laughs> technology i've learned there's a buddhist saying and it says um it says uh, uh modifying it technology brings us the opportunity to practice patience <laughs> oh yes <laughs> there's many there's many different ways of course that you can uh, you can deal with that but good evening everyone in the virtual world that's watching and joining with us this evening my name is ian mason i'm a medium psychic and healer in the broadest of sense actually and it's funny because i would actually say if somebody said well what are you what do you do i would always say that i am a healer and mediumship and the healing that i do is the modality that i use to express and share and share that healing and share that with you all because that's how it feels for me you know it, it's one of those situations and times particularly at the moment where we you know we all need to come together you know it's unity unity brings community and the more that we share all the individual gifts that we've got, we help each other to keep going. And in that going, we keep finding our way. Our way with a capital W in this instance is our purpose, a sense of balance, a sense of meaning, a sense of direction and things like that. And, and in a nutshell, really, that's what I'm about, a boot about. A boot. <laughs> what, what I absolutely love, and it is a passion, it's a deep, 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 deep passion, is, is that I actually use my experiences uh, that I share with my clients and, and maybe with you later on this evening to actually do practical um, exercises that mirror and work with what I share my views on so that you can experience it. You know that old saying, a picture paints a thousand words? Well, there it is. You know, it's better to feel it and experience it because you see everything is an experience. There's no good experience. There's no bad experience. There's just experience. And then there's the question of how we either respond to that or react to it. And we'll go into a little bit of that later on. But I'm an easygoing guy. If you've got any questions, you just pop them up, type them in, say your hellos, share this around as you do. And uh, we'll see where uh, we'll see where uh, life takes us. Absolutely wonderful. Uh, <clears throat> what an introduction. Thank you so much. Also share that with you. Uh, I find all of spiritualism is about healing. Yeah, totally. every facet of it has brings with it a healing energy. From here, indeed. Never from yeah. here. From here. Yeah, uh, but the the evidential messages, the actual act of healing, be it trance, spiritual, whichever form that takes. Even in our philosophies, they can yeah. bring about a peace and an understanding, which is healing. So, uh, yeah, yeah, big fan of uh, your school of thought here tonight. Quick welcome to everybody. Thank you for joining us. Quick apologies for a late start. Not to worry, we are here now. 
So, Ian, how did you just start on your <laughs> spiritual side of your life? Well, oh, golly, now here's the concise answer. So, we're, so a soul is eternal, right? So I've never not been um, because we are that. In fact, we are all that. And in fact, we can all do everything that we, we sometimes hold our mediums or healers out to be, I'm going to say, more than actually they are because, you know, the idea is, is that we are perhaps sometimes just a little bit of inspiration for you or we're further down a road than you, but we, we are we are the thing that we wish to be part of, which is consciousness, which some people call God, Buddha, Allah, Krishna, you know, wherever you want to go with that. And what I what I find is is that it's it's that kind of unity that 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 brings us all together and we stop considering ourselves separate to everything else. And when we do that, unity is so much more than just being together. It's being connected together from here, from the heart center. And, you know, Mother Teresa, Gandhi, all these great people talked about how effectively it's God looking at itself through God's eyes. In other words, the God that is you looking out through those eyes at, at God in a different form, be it an animal, be it a tree, be it, a, be it another what we call human being. Um, and, and there it is. So for me, you know, that's that's what it's all about. Right. Well, that shot me down in flames. That is a brilliant answer. <laughs> that is absolutely wonderful. I love that answer, Ian. I love where you're coming from there. Yeah. It, it's, it's so true, isn't it? We are not separate. We treat ourselves as being separate above or beside or below other people. Yeah. And it's complete nonsense. <clears throat> We're just one. Yeah. There is one level of existence and we are part and parcel of that interconnected with everything around and I, us and I, you know what i love lawrence you know what i really really love is there's a lovely saying a quote that I, I read in a book called the untethered soul and it says if you were standing in a house that was burning on fire you wouldn't be arguing about the color of the hair of the man you wanted to bring the water mm. you can apply that to racism you can apply that to ageism and so on and so forth and i and to take it one step further, I love these corporations that think they're doing a great thing with their equal opportunities policies for uh, to bring in what people call people that are disabled. Nobody is disabled. I love this saying everybody is differently able. That's the whole point of why we need each other, because everybody right. has a unique gift. And I absolutely love that. It's a conscious way of connecting. That's that is collective consciousness. That's exactly what it is. And I love the latest one, the equal opportunities pay for women as if these women are from Mars or something and we've just discovered them and we don't know what to do with them because it's just, oh, you know, um, it's a crazy, crazy notion. And people have these corporate policies about how to deal with it. The easiest thing to do is throw the policy in the bin and just pay whomever the right salary. There we go. Here's it's a, here's a not hard, is it? <laughs> but it really isn't, is it? Same with the equal opportunity because it's back to that example of arguing about the colour of the hair of the man that you want to bring the water. Yeah, yeah, it's so Not, true. Yeah, uh, and a big reflection on where we are now with the state of the world uh, yeah. going through this COVID time here. That okay. we've we've had these opportunities. Somebody described it as um, similar to Jesus having his forty days and forty nights out in the wilderness. Yeah, and do you know what? that did resonate with me. 
um, a level yeah. that we all had that time in the wilderness on our own, facing up to our own shadows, uh, our own fears, yeah. our own concerns, yeah. to come back once more. And even, even Moses at the burning bush, where we sort of got, you know, what's your name? I am. And, and all of that went on. You know, I had this with a, a guy I met, uh, I met recently, lovely fellow. Um, and, uh, and, and he wanted to sort of learn more about spirituality. And every time he came up, I kind of shared something with him that I knew that was on his wavelength. And I said, oh, look, I's here. And he said, you what, I? His name, his name was, uh, let's call him Dave, um, GDPR. Yeah. So with Dave, he came up to me and I said, no, no, no. What you think you are is inside the earth suit, as Gary Zukov calls it, of this bag of bones and flesh called Dave. But what you think is Dave isn't Dave. Dave is the energy that's looking out through the eyes of Dave. So I, because you never say, you never talk about yourself in the third person, do you? You don't go along and you just say, well, I'll get Dave to uh, to answer that question for you. And that's where we get confused because we think that we are Dave, you know, each and every one of us. And we're not. We're I. It's what do I feel? What do I want to eat? What do I need? We never say, oh, what does Dave want? Mm -hmm. say that. And so when you consider it that way round, we are all I. And it's another way of explaining that collective consciousness where we all connect and we are all the same. That if indeed we are all I and we are all this energy then this is the reason that we can feel everything because in fact we are all the same everything resonates for us through us and to us and that is what our emotions interpret as the experience for us in the way that we can recognize it and that's why sometimes some of us get a bit jittery if we're walking through the town center and there might be a, a dodgy character that we're uncomfortable with um, somebody that's not getting on so well with maybe a spouse or something like this and doesn't want to go home that night you know that stuff does happen and gets a knot in the tummy there, you know, they're, they're, your emotions are like your parking sensors for your soul. They let you know when things are getting close so that you can shift your awareness, your attention from something that isn't serving you to something that is. Because when you know what you don't want, you can focus on something and it prompts you the opportunity to ask the question, what do I need right now? What do I need right now? And, and in that, in that sort of I'm going to call it desperation in that pleading, in that prayer, which is a beautiful word for it. Our, our cry for prayer is that we have this stillness because there is an, a level to our consciousness that once we do that, we disconnect from what doesn't serve us with that focus and that attention. And there's a certain stillness. And in that stillness, we're open to the thoughts, the inspiration, the deep sense of knowing of what we must do or must follow as our next best step. And that's the bit that comes in for us. We have to have the courage and trust to walk by faith and not by sight and take that action. And when people talk about, hey, there's a Robin, that means my mum's around. I'm not saying that that is or that isn't the case in this instance. What I'm saying is, is you have to take the steps and experience the experience. And in the experiencing of the experiencing, you get a sign, a feeling. It might be a Robin or whatever to know whether you're on the right track for you, because signs follow those do not proceed. You've got to have that courage and trust to follow what you feel is right for you, because otherwise you just mimic others. And as a lovely saying Wayne Dyer once said is, if you follow the herd, well, there's only one thing that you're going to step in. And we all know what that is, right? <laughs> 
Excellent. And yes, I do. I um, over the last probably eighteen months have yeah. become much more focus on energies and quantum sides of spiritualism and that's shifted into my healing work as well yeah yeah, yeah. Um, and i found that actually very beneficial to be able to move forward because when we think with a human mindset it we're creating all these stumbling blocks and when you're actually thinking no, i'm working Ooh. with energy it's pure energy this is how it's coming through you're taking away an awful lot of the stumbling blocks yeah. that we inherently put in a way of things flowing. And also, you see, what what we are experiencing is what we choose to allow ourselves to experience. What? What we're experiencing is what we choose for ourselves to experience. Because, you see, in daily life with what we bring in, how people operate, how people are looking to maybe make a quick buck, at the expense of another i'm not saying all car dealers are like that but you know the classic car dealer of old the arthur daily there we go just to bring that in if anybody out there is a car dealer or has car dealers in the family no offense it's just a convenient example and we're all a bit sort of oh you know are they trying to pull the wall over on our eyes or whatever you know what it's really important that un we understand that what we experience around us we need to stay aligned and be in touch and in sync with the whole of what we are because if we don't, we come from our hearts to our heads. And then we start to think about what we're experiencing, which is just another way of you telling yourself what's going on. And you mm -hmm. believe it because, hey, why would you lie to yourself? You wouldn't do that, would you? I've been lying to myself for years. It's not always served me in the best way. So I have this lovely saying now. It's my strap line, if you like, for spirituality. Grow and glow. If you're not in a situation that doesn't allow you to grow, you will not glow. And if you can't glow, you won't be happy. And if you can't be happy, well, what's the point? Because you see, it's that happiness is the fuel. And gratitude, do you know what? There's so much said about let it go, be grateful, hogwash. It's useful, but it doesn't come from such a heart-centered, high energetic frequency as the word appreciation or as I like to say, deep appreciation, because gratitude holds the energy of the experience that you've just gone through. And you've almost still got one foot in that camp. I'm grateful that that's no longer with me or that person or that situation or that job or whatever. But in there, you still are connected to the experience of what was going on before you. In contrast to appreciation, which is the, oh, Oh, I'm out of that. Woo! Feel good. Does that make sense to you all? Because it's a really important point to consider. It does. Brilliant. Yeah, it does. And again, it's our mind. We yeah. we we do it consciously and most of the time unconsciously. I love yes. that example you just gave that you're you're keeping your energies back to yes. what has passed when we're here in the now. Yes. Yes, I have this saying because about these lies that we tell ourselves, I've, I've done it constantly in my lifetime. You know, I've told myself that, you know, if I if I need to go on a diet now, my weight has gone up and down all my life. That's true. And sometimes even when I'm on a diet, I, I walk past a, uh, a cake shop window and it's fair to say that now and again, a Belgian bun does take advantage of me. <laughs> and sometimes I tell myself, well, as one has, another one won't hurt, will it? I might as well eat the other one in the packet. 
And do you <laughs> see what I mean about saying to yourself that, hey, this thinking is a good thing? No, no. So I have this lovely saying, thinking, stinking, only what you feel is real. Because you see what happens with every experience, whether it's from here or from here, you connect with it. You have to connect with it to experience it. But here's the thing. Uh, it was Friedrich Nietzsche, the German philosopher, that said um, he had a, a saying that shocked the world. It didn't go down too well. He said, God is dead. And by the time everybody cooled their heels after receiving that strap line, he said, that's not what I mean. He said, you know, whatever we all feel that God is. Now, for me, I would suggest that uh, God is an experience rather than a man on a gold throne surrounded by angels. But you see, the idea of what God is, what people go to war over about their respective gods, is the thinking about the images that are portrayed or conceptually what's sold to them, that religion is this or that. God is a man, a woman or whatever, Krishna, mm -hmm. Allah, Buddha and all the rest of it. And what happens is, is we create that image as a mental idol. We then connect with that emotionally, especially if people then from another religion, for example, and other beliefs, and we'll come back to beliefs in a second, start to say something that doesn't sit well with us, and so on and so forth, this snowball grows, and, and then you have this discord, and in instances it can end up in wars. It's insane. But once you have that mental an emotional connection to something it's it's like you've grabbed hold of it and you're never going to let it go like your babies when they're first born and stuff like that and and you hold on to that with with such a vigor and and understand that when you hold on to something tightly you're also wasting energy yeah because you're burning energy trying to hold on to a concept and actually that's what happens in your mind and you get sick and tired and when you're holding on to things that aren't serving you you see you'll find that you're tired, you're lethargic, you, you can't be bothered, and your whole mindset and personality comes in. You find you're tense because you don't relax, because you see um, we have cortisol, that when we have fear or we're being defensive or we are trying to protect something in some way, that causes like a paralysis, a muscle stiffness intensity. But it's the dopamine and the serotonin that give you that ah, feeling. And that's the going with it. It's the path of least resistance, or as Abraham Hicks says, the path of most allowance. What is serving me? Is this serving me? What do I feel about this? And here's an interesting thing. Some of you may have got to that eight o'clock point in the evening where you go after your dinner, think I'm hungry, need some snacks. How many of you have done this? You go to the fridge, you open the door and you stand there, and you stare into the fridge and you go, right, I want something to eat. I want something to eat. And 10 minutes later, your partners, your mums, your fathers or whatever, family members are nagging you, shut the fridge door because you're looking for something that you don't need and you know you don't need it. That's why you can't find it. If you say in your experience, I think I'm hungry, do I need food? And you'll find you'll get a little reaction in your body there and you go, okay, because you'll either get something or nothing. And if you tummy bubbles or something like that, then go to the fridge. But then when you open the fridge door or before you get to the fridge door, ask yourself, what does the body need right now? Because on the basis that you're inside, you don't actually need anything in the same way that cancer can't kill you. COVID can't kill you. They can't kill the eye. They just attack the body. You see, this is why yeah. souls are eternal. And the beautiful thing with this is if you open the fridge door and you're not drawn to anything, there's nothing that you need. You shut the fridge door and then you carry on. 
and and your body will let you know when it needs topping up and all the rest of it and then you ask yourself again what what do i need and it's the same way of being in every now now with a capital n um, about which way to go for what i need next to serve me it doesn't matter whether it's food or thought but it's so essential that we respond to situations and we don't react because the response comes from here from what i need what i truly need to serve me now be it food be it an experience or whatever thinking is whatever i tell myself we're back to the belgian buns all over again but i do like a belgian bun i have to say i mean what guilty is charged but it is really really important it's that mind identity so you know what it's whatever the experience is for you and it doesn't have to be the same for everybody and in fact it probably isn't and all the people that get together that you know talk about what what things are or what things should be and i love this with the concept of control because this is all about healing as well life is impermanence control is like trying to grab a fistful of water and squeeze it really hard to retain it you open your hand and it's gone the experiences that come for us to us and through us help us to grow and glow if we're in alignment in touch and in sync with the whole of who we are so that when they come and we feel that resonance of what's going on for us as we go through each experience we ask what's next for me what do i need which way do i need to go because you see there's a saying it was inspired to me by the uh, the great speaker and author alan watts and he talks about the word no or if you've ever had an extreme situation that's been very upsetting maybe a relationship split might be a good example i've had a couple of those that's for sure and you know what i love this and it came to me this week it found me it found me it revealed itself to me and i say that because i felt that i was ready to embrace this concept that if there is a word so we're going to unfortunately pick a really really uh, uh uh odd word to use right now we're going to call it ian okay just random going out there and so we're going to pretend that ian had a bad uh, experience for us when we were with this Ian. Maybe he was a card dealer and shortchanged us. I don't know. But whatever it is, is, is that you know that sign or like with an X, if you ever see the car that they drove, you always associate that was Ian's car. Ian drove that car. Oh, Ian. <gasps> or stomach. And you see, you're still living in the past. Even if you think you've moved on, even if you are with somebody else, let's just say you've married a Lawrence and ian is way five years ago but he's not no he's not and that's also if we just bring back that gratitude and the appreciation example that's what we're talking about so you identify with these experiences of ian you then do this association with the car or whatever it was or ian used to take me to the cinema on a friday and when lawrence suggests it let's go on a friday you go oh ian used to do that and you instantly go back to that experience and whether you realize it or not you do and you haven't let it go and it's still alive within you and the beauty with all of this is is that when you understand that actually it's my association with ian because everything that i then connect with ian is not as relevant as the key issue which is ian if you just say ian 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 over and over and over and over and over again you kind of go through the point 
where you don't feel the turmoil of the repetition of the word Ian and you start to feel the energies inside of you subside. The attachment goes Ian, 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 because you're hearing it all the time. It doesn't become such a focal point for you. And in that you have that, that letting go. You start to find yourself because the reaction that you have to Ian turns into the responses that you have that you realize, do you know what? What, what am I doing? Why am I still all bent out of shape about this? This is nuts. Now, this is all going on in the blink of the eye in the background while the cogs are spinning, by the way. But the more that you repeat it and the more that you keep going, like affirmations, Ian, 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 you pass through that I'm going to call the pain barriers. We'll qualify those as resistance. And once you get through the resistance, you become accepting. And in that, ah, that tranquility, you become the stillness that you are and that's where you're open and that's where the letting go happens and that's the peace and in those moments that's where you're receptive to the thoughts the ideas the inspiration or the pull that's inside of you that's so strong you know in deep in your heart what you must do next and almost at the point of despair sometimes you get as les brown said a certain inspiration in desperation because you go what else is there what else is there because this isn't for me anymore and it's a really good way of just taking the sting out of things and it, it's useful i tried it yesterday i was driving in the car when i heard this and i practiced it with something for me and it was really true and useful i have so got to try that because i am a monster <clears throat> for i have trigger points i'll do something and somebody yeah. will come back i will do something else and somebody will come back and it's there yeah. <clears throat> There's going to be a lot of muttering coming out of me over the next 48 hours. <laughs> but it, it's, you know, it's it's really quite incredible. And and if we're up for it in a moment or two, we can we can do a little exercise here. And, you know, we were talking, Lawrence, before we went live on air. And, you know, one of the things that I love is that I've got into more recently is the quantum leaping and the quantum jumping. But, you know, like the band The Doors, you know, The Doors were named as the doors between the two realities um that's how that 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 band name came about and you know in terms of the earth and the, and the spirituals per se and what's really important is is that you can allow yourself to experience what's going on for you and when you when you are truly aligned with that experience and we do that with our eyes closed you'll you'll feel that energy you'll probably feel your body reacting in all the sort of ways that you were as if you were walking around in your daily lives and you saw Ian or the car or whatever else it is, went to the cinema on the Friday. And you experience that. And what we effectively do is we go, we go between the doors, we quantum jump into the same experience. But what we do is we, we focus on how we would want that to play out for us. So if the situation was you had a row with your boss and perhaps you didn't behave your best, you said some words that might be unkind, that made others make some sad sounds. You know, you get where I'm going. Yeah. And, you know, we, we can literally jump into a parallel experience by going through the door between the two realities and replay that with the desired outcome that you would want. And we are talking about you being serious here. We're not just asking you to make things that aren't real for you that, but you're coming from a soul purpose perspective because you can't live your life conceptually because it comes back into thinking bishops are ordained 
sorry, uh, uh, um, fathers and, and uh, ordained by um, bishops and, and you know, tiers of religious organization above them and so on. And to some extent, that's conceptually. I recently read for a vicar who came to me who said, I'm a little bit boggled about this urge of this spiritual calling that I feel that I've got that's causing so many conflicts with, in this instance, obviously, Church of England. And um, uh, we, we had a, a chat and a reading. But when you go through these experiences and you work with effectively what I said was the true meaning of prayer, which was connecting with what you need, asking yourself what you need, and you're aware of the inspiration that comes to you, and it will, even if we do it live on air right now, you'll know what the next step is for you. But here's the thing, you see, you disconnect, you cut the cords, the ties and the attachments to those experiences that aren't serving you energetically. And even if you're not sure or a sign hasn't come for you, or you don't have any inspiration or ideas straight away. What you're doing is focusing on the things that you know are going to serve you better because you know instantly and realize that you've started to dismiss the things that aren't, a.k.a. setting your boundaries. This works with people, places, situations and anything. There's no one word, anything, by the way, in Ian's world, two words, anything, anything. And that's what we do. And that's the way that this energy healing example works. And it's it's absolutely fascinating. And uh, people can get quite a lot of peace from it because, you see, what happens is that you've disconnected so much without trying to disconnect. You've just shifted your energy from point A to point B. But when I bring that experience back that you've left that you didn't want, you can equally flip back out of it really quickly because you understand what you've got to do. And if you hold the energetic vibrational frequency of what is serving you, what's feeling good, the gifts that you've got in life, the benefits, the privileges and all of that, it will almost seem like what you didn't want is a motorway junction behind you. You've almost got to reach back to get it and you've let go without having to try or do anything. And that's what I'm saying. That's why Wayne Dyer wrote that book, Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life. That is absolutely fascinating. Um, I'm a bit nervy about being experimented on, but I'm definitely game for that. <laughs> <laughs> we have a question here from Sue Townsend. Hi, Sue. Uh, just asking, Ian, do you feel many more people are beginning to recognise the mind as being conditioned and programmed with data from birth? And more are now opening up to living and being from heart-centered intelligence. Hello, Sue, and good evening to you. Uh, thank you for a wonderful question. Uh, I love it, love it, love it, love it. And yes, I do. Now, um, I'll give you a, a practical example here. We've all had relationships, be it friends, be it loving ones, be it work ones, whatever it is. And sometimes we go through those. And sometimes we almost try and keep them alive or make them something that, in fact, they're not. And it's only when we move through that experience. And if we take a loving example, we sometimes say, what on earth was I ever doing with Ian? He just wasn't for me. I can feel it now. I can see it now. But the, the reality is, is there's nothing wrong with relationships ending. By the way, they don't end. We just learn and we grow from those experiences. In that saying that um, what doesn't kill you make you stronger, I believe there's a song that somebody wrote about that as well. And, it, and it's very, very true. 
and so you know what although we've got these crazy times with what people seem to want to call a pandemic if you focus on the pandemic and you carry a covid consciousness you will you will manifest the reality of what is essentially fear and it will become very deep-seated and it will form the basis of the way that you look out and so with everything that's going on at the moment some of us are realizing that you know what this isn't serving me and even if i'm moving through an experience of this this COVID experience that's with me now i understand that i understand how to be sensible and do the best i can but i've got to carry on because the options are limited aren't they you either go with it or you don't and we all know what that means and so i'm finding that with COVID, with people with clients what it's also doing is it's causing a massive disturbance in the things that aren't serving us because when you get experiences like a, a pandemic that indeed is obviously worldwide by default of the definition of the word pandemic we all at the same time seem to let go of what we call the small stuff the stuff that we feel that was bothering us before god will my car pass the mot mm. who cares if it doesn't you fix it if you can't fix it you get another car it's that simple if you can't afford another car the moment will come when you can or opportunity will present itself so that you can you can't dwell with it and so to answer your question albeit a slightly long way round, the more that we awaken to all of this the more that we apply this in every aspect of our lives that meal didn't agree with me well you wouldn't need it again would you it, it's the same thing you start to understand that if you're with your your partner your spouse your children that if you start to push back against the way that they're being, in other words, react rather than respond, then you awaken in them an unconsciousness that pushes back to you. And so you can't find that, if you like, that safe space and place together where you can connect because you've almost gone back to the corners of your boxing rings. And that's very true for all these experiences in life. And the more that we practice this and we experience this and we go, I don't want to do that because I don't feel good doing it, so on and so forth, the more we are living from our heart center than our headspace. And so that's how it's so deep-seated and it evolves and goes into everything that we do. I, I hope that helps soon is useful for you. Fascinating, fascinating answer. And you touched on something I was uh, talking about today, the um, COVID era fear. Yeah. It, it, it does seem to totally blindside some people. It, it's, it, yes, we understand there is something new in our world. There is something new uh, that we need to understand and live with. Yeah. But this fear has just sort of shut an awful lot of people down they've just switched off mm. and, and that's scary that is yeah. really scary and what's really really important about that point is is that it's what what we do is how we how we calibrate to things how we start this um this connection because when we have these experiences that come we, we really only have the choice to go with it or not and that's the same for any experience that, that goes on in life. But you see, in psychology, there's this term called your reticular activating system. Don't ask me to spell that on a Saturday night. I'll just go over that one more time. Your reticular activating system. You're what, you're all saying? What's that crazed board lunatic jibber-jabbering about now? Well, it's this. Have you ever done this? Gone to buy a new car and decided to buy, well, Ford are going to get a bit of promotion here. I drive a Ford, so a Ford Galaxy. 
okay and you've just gone there you bought this full galaxy you sign the paperwork you're all happy you know there's party poppers going off inside of you you're all excited about next saturday when you go to collect the car Woo! you know feeling really really good and all of a sudden you're driving home and for the next few days all you see is galaxies everywhere they're like ants there's another one there's another one like if you've ever played yellow car or white car when you're driving yeah. along instead of i spy i spy so 70s i remember that <laughs> but you know you got well where did that come from because you see what you've done is you've latched on and connected with the experience that's important for you and as you do that the experience that by the way was already there all those other days weeks months and years of your lives those galaxies they didn't just pop up because ian mason went down the ford garage and bought a ford galaxy they were always there but because you chose to make that what was important for you your ultimate focus even i'm going to go stronger your purpose i must have i know that's for me i know i need this i'm going to have this i'm going to focus everything that i have into getting into that space where i can get that galaxy you've told yourself that that is so important you've programmed yourself to recognize that it keeps you safe in the same way of when we were all living in the caves we were always had a good poke around and a look outside just to see where the saber-toothed tiger might be maybe behind that big rock <laughs> let's be sure before we venture out to go hunter gathering and grab some food or whatever it is that we were doing maybe a swim to wash our line cloths or whatever we were wearing in those days and you know what um you know you focused on the saber-toothed tiger in that instance because when you see that you know that's something that you either can't deal with or it's important for you to be aware of because you know you need to be aware of how far you are from your cave so that you can be safe and so on and so forth it's the same thing you program yourself when you pay attention to something that you allow the authority of to have power over you in other words when you pay attention to something the saying goes you literally buy that experience and this is how it works so this is why when you split up with ian and you see his car driving around you get that oh, feeling because you've programmed yourself to say that actually i'm still connected with ian that experience is still with me and i am still aware of anything that i see that i connect to ian that goes on and that's why it will never serve you you can't do that that's why you have to shift yourself to these new experiences and focus on where you need to go because let's be honest when you're thinking as we call it but i'm going to say feeling you need to stop saying thinking and start saying feeling what i feel i need to do now is this you you've already cut the cords, ties and attachment to what was even if that was 30 seconds ago it's all healing brilliant does that explain 11-11 that people keep seeing on clocks? Because that drives me nuts. <laughs> no, it, it's, it's, it's kind of, I would suggest, yes and no, um, the, the same thing. Because, like I said, signs follow, they don't proceed. And in some way and on some level, in and of itself, we say that these repetitions of numbers or, or robins or, you know, magpies one for sorrow two for joy three for a girl four for a boy and all of that sort of stuff have significance it's only because we we say that the authority that the the myth has has the authority over us in other words it takes our power away in essence because we let it that's the important point 
but we say the authority to that has it's a bit like if, if everybody said Robbie Williams is a better singer than Gary Barlow because they had a little bit of a thing going on there at one point where they were a bit like that so the tabloids have us believe they didn't get on and when in Robbie left take that and it all went a bit murky allegedly if indeed it ever did but you create you create these um you, you power you give your power away to other things but how that works is you stop being in alignment with who you are you stop being that. And what you do is you allow another authority to effectively overpower or overshadow you. And then if in this instance, everybody in your family said that Robbie Williams is in fact the better singer in that example, and poor old Gary Barlow wasn't, but you really feel that you like Gary Barlow, you'd probably be feeling and thinking, and it would be thinking, um, yeah, well, perhaps I ought to stick with the masses because you know what, well, that's more powerful a movement. And, and you know, yeah, I'll get less trouble if I do that. It's an easier life. That That's not the path of least resistance. That's denying what you are. But in the same way, when you're in sync and aligned and in touch with everything that you are, you understand that the signs follow, they don't proceed. And so the affirmation of something that you've said, like repeating numbers, is a sign that when you're in the flow of what you need, and you're serving yourself by feeding yourself with the right sort of nourishment, be it food, be it experiences and everything else. You look around, you get those signs. It's just a sign that lets you know you're going the right way. Some people, new numerologists might have different views, but the way that I work when I get that, when I'm in the moment and I'm in my flow, that in the way of things uh, and not as a block going with the flow of things, then you find you get these affirmations in whichever way they resonate for you. And spiritual people do attach an importance to that. And it may well have another meaning. I'm not suggesting that it doesn't. And I'm not knocking or diminishing numerology or anybody else that might have another explanation for these experiences. But just in a sense of what we're sharing together tonight, it just lets you know I'm going the right way. I, I agree a million percent about the affirmations. Yeah. <clears throat> Often here at the during the first lockdown, obviously nobody knew where we were. We were just doing things, and I found myself working. Um, my idea of life is uh, spontaneity is a wonderful thing as long as it's well planned and organised. Yeah, that <laughs> that is my character. And I suddenly found myself. I dropped through this rabbit hole, and I was just getting up and doing whatever i felt yeah and it was, it was so noticeable i was like i don't believe it i haven't worked to a plan now for like three days and in my world that's quite a thing i was just like but it's working yeah and you know it, it is wonderful i've had an interesting experience with my car and it's got to that point where it's now time to to change up and um, I was having a chat with my mechanic earlier and I set my vision of what was important to me, which was to own the car outright, you know, particularly in these times where I put myself under pressure. I don't need to if the world locks down, changes or whatever else. And none of it's going to be permanent because the, if the world stopped spinning forever, well, we'd all fall over, wouldn't we? You know, mm. and um, I, I decided that, you know, I, I needed this and, and I and I something popped up on, on a famous uh, Internet website and. I went, I really like that. But on some way, I then justified it by saying, but it's not this, it's not that, and all the rest of it. And really, perhaps I should look at this and that and all the rest of it. And as I looked around for everything other than what had revealed itself to me, I found that it was just a different version of the same thing. And I found myself chuckling to myself going, 
Well, what a silly Billy. And the reason that I've shared that example with you is not to talk about my car or my car troubles or to ask you to sell me your car, come to that. <laughs> the point is, is two things came. that In the space of understanding what I needed, something came up. And in this instance, it was something that I particularly liked. And I know in my heart I want to go with it. But I bring my thinking in, you see. That's what I did there. And it all goes pear-shaped. It all goes pear-shaped because I'm starting to sort of draw that line down the center of the paper. Everybody does that. Do you remember being told that? You know, oh, I've got two jobs. Which one do I accept? And, and somebody advises you, draw a line down the paper, write the pros and cons. But if you come from a thinking mind, you'll, you'll automatically wait what you want and just produce that on paper. And automatically the pros will be longer than the uh, against, uh, the fours rather than the against and so on and so forth because you can make life whatever you want. And that's the danger of a thinking mind. Alan Watts says, you know, sorry, uh, Ram Dass says, a thinking mind is a brilliant servant, but a lousy master. The mind is a tool to be used, that once you're aligned and connected with what you feel, what you visualize, what you see for yourself, what you know yourself to be doing, because thought, um, and they talk about clear audience when we're working mediumistically, it can be as much from the voice as a voice that you hear as it can be through silent voiced thought. Like a knowing that's coming in that's being communicated to you. It's both clear audience, both the same thing. Even though some might say, no, it isn't. I'm going to suggest that it is. And you see, when we have our openness to this, we can use these experiences as the basis of understanding the inspiration, the ideas that are coming to us that we're ready to embrace and do. And do-do, by the way, otherwise you will end up in a do-do. That's a different do-do. <laughs> and the understanding is, is, is that if you then say, well, I, I, Ian, you know what, six months down the road, I'll listen to your, your interview and, and uh, show there with Lawrence, and I did that stuff, and man, you suck. That went very badly for me indeed. I took that leap of faith. I walked into work naked and I told my boss I loved them and I had them and they sacked me. <laughs> and I'd be going, you what? But the point is, is you know because you feel what's going to happen, that if you take a certain course of action without thinking about it, well, your body through those emotions will let you know whether that's a good step for you to take or not. And if you do ignore that or you go with it, whatever it is for you, into another experience and you feel it isn't working out for you, don't blame the experience because you'll get stuck. You'll be back to Ian and his car and all the rest of that old jazz we spoke about some time ago. What you'll be is in this moment knowing that you've moved forward, but the vehicle that's moved you forward, well, you know what? Didn't pass its MOT. Vehicle, uh, metaphorically speaking, of course. And so what we do is we park that car, we take it into the dealer, we change it for something else that's going to get us onto the next journey. Uh, or the next leg of our journey, whichever it is for you. And we go with that. We don't stay repeating what isn't serving us because you can't grow and glow. There's no, there's no point groaning through what you don't grow through. If you're groaning through something and you don't grow as a result of it, well, you're not truly living. Yeah, yeah. And that, that is much more commonplace and yes, it's comfortable. It it's, it? it's suffering. We get into what we call the victim mode. And I love this. I remember watching a or listening to and watching a, a talk by Marianne Williamson. Um, and I uh, it was called Infinite Power. Um, hi, Ashley, my dear friend, wonderful medium, Ashley there, Ashley Robinson. And um, I remember um, 
uh, you know, I was throwing my train of thought now. Um, and, and I and I, I I just remember this experience, and it and it was really really good because I kind of I completely lost myself in in that moment, and I got so disconnected. I didn't really know where I was or or what was going on. And and here's the thing: your mind is is like a Google. It's like a Google. You never forget everything. The experiences, like the association with Ian and his car and all the rest of it, you never you never forget anything. And in this infinite love, what I got from that was in that deep sense of knowing and being true to what you need. You you find which way you need to go, and you don't actually need to ask anybody other than your soul. You know, you know, and that infinite love is the power that carries us on for it that recognizes that we've got to where we need to be because we recognize it as our home. And I'm going to call that love. Excellent. Do you think uh, that that premise has become much more commonplace in this COVID era because we're yeah. seeing people who I don't want to go back to work? And it's not because I don't like work. I just don't want to be there. It doesn't serve me anymore. I want to be doing this or I need to be here. It's it's the awakening. You know, we, mm. we, we know we become more in tune with all the things that we said were important, what watch we have, what car we drive and all the rest of it actually isn't important at all. And we start to be more open to what's my purpose? What do I need? Why am I here? Who am I? And who I am and who am I are not the same question, by the way. And we're not going to get all bent and heavy about that. But, you know, it's a really important thing that you understand is, is that what we are is this energy that we can calibrate to any energetic frequency we like. Anything from despair and unhappiness and sorrow to joy, to ecstasy, to love. But when we're in the space and place where you understand that you've moved yourself somewhere that is serving you, you, you need to affirm that back to yourself and say, yes, that's love. That's that's great. That's this. This is fantastic. I feel wonderful when I feel like this. It's like nothing can stop me. Nothing can stop me. And sometimes people do that Jerry Maguire thing of my darling, you complete me. I couldn't be this without you. The answer is, yes, you could. You don't actually need them at all. You just told yourself and gave yourself permission to be irresponsible by suggesting they were the excuse that you needed to interrupt your rhythm of your brokenness that you <laughs> calibrated to and following. And they were the, the knight or the knightess on the white charger that came in and swept you off your feet and carried you through to Nirvana. There's a lovely saying, Nirvana exists, but nobody who attains it because Nirvana is. Yeah. It's perspective it's it's very interesting and and that's why we awaken to do you know what i can't remember what it's a parking ticket I, I know what happens if i don't pay it within 30 days they double it you know and you can protest and you can procrastinate about that till the cows come home but all it means is is the 40 pounds becomes 80 the 80 becomes 160 and so on and so forth so you're not going to win and there's no point fighting something you're not going to win because it's not serving you let it let it go but you you do that by shifting your attention, as we said, and it's it's really helpful. It's so easy to do. Mm, I, I've got a lot of practice to do on that one. <laughs> I want to play with you now. I, I want to do one of these little examples on you, Lawrence. And, and... oh no, <laughs> got it. <laughs> are, are you up for this? Yeah. Because 
you know, I, I don't know you that well. I mean, we know of each other and we've, we've met more recently, but you know what? Um, I don't know enough about you to be that strong an influence of you to coerce you or, or, or to lead you. And that's what's important. So everybody can kind of watch this in what we call real time living. This is going to happen like right now. And um, when you pop down to the Spirit Seeker in Bournemouth, which is run by uh, LAD Promotion and uh, the Robinson family and the lovely Ashley there, um, who's part of that, you know what? It, it's such a great experience because I did a little workshop there where we got um, a couple of people or I got a couple of people out of the audience and um, I got one person that wasn't a medium to read for somebody um, who was going to be the sitter and they'd never read before, didn't think they were a medium and they did in fact do a message. And, and it's just incredible because you just awaken people to what they can do. So what, what we're going to do here is I reckon what will be useful if you're up for this, Lance, let me just share with you what I'm thinking, feeling. See, are they still all awake? Did they get that? Did you? Did you? Did you? Are you awake? Tap, tap, tap on the screen. Come on. <laughs> so what this is all about is to understand that when you know what isn't good for you, what isn't serving you, and we're going to ask Lawrence shortly to recall an experience that Maybe it was a little bumpy for him. We don't want to upset him. We don't want to like wobble his energy that much and cause him pain and suffering. That's not what we're here to do. But just something that might have pressed his buttons a wee bit. And then we're going to ask him to, um, in his mind, understand how he would have liked that to play out in reality for him. We're then going to quantum jump him into a parallel experience. And we get him to play out for the second time, having another bite at the cherry, as they say, the same experience, but with the desired outcome, not the one that actually happened. Maybe Lawrence was or wasn't at his best or the other person or both. Um, how does that sound, Lawrence? That sounds quite scary, but oh, I'm yeah, game. Yeah, <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. <clears throat> so, um, Lawrence, what I'm going to invite you to do now is, is just to sort of get comfortable um, and just sit in your chair there. And just start to take a few breaths in through your nose and out through your mouth if you're able. You know, we don't want to cause you any medical uh, pain and suffering. Yeah, that's it. And if you feel as you already have, your eyes are settled. They have. And just keep taking a few breaths in and out. And I don't want you to speak now. I'm just going to get you to nod your head as I ask you certain questions, just so I know that you're ready. And if you keep breathing for me. And just start to nod your head. If you just become aware of your energy changing just ever so slightly from what it was a few moments ago. There we go. That's wonderful. Now, I'm going to invite you just to recall a situation recently that isn't painful. But you know what? Maybe you weren't your best or they weren't. Could have worked out better or, or created a few speed bumps for you. Um, and just allow that to come back into your mind. And just nod when you see that in your mind or you're aware of it. There it is. Okay. And now just become aware of where you feel that in your body. And when you feel that as an experience in your body, just nod for me. And because of your sitting down, we're going to ask you just to say out loud, where in your body are you feeling that experience? In my head. Okay. That's great. Now, I just want you to visualize the experience of what happened and what you know to be not as good as it could have been, that you can almost see it as if you were a fly on the wall of that experience. You see it playing out before you and you might even see, well, 
I could have handled that better or I see the opportunity to have responded differently, which would have helped that situation because I wanted it to achieve this and it didn't. Just nod for me if you can sort of see that experience playing out for you. Okay. Now, holding that energy because you're connected to it mentally and now emotionally because you can feel it in your body, I want you to see that you're actually in your mind sitting in a dark room and just glancing to the left, you see there's a door, a door to walk into another room. And as you walk over to this door, because this door fascinates you, you're going to walk into this other room, sit down in the chair that you see in front of the, the that room, and you're going to see the situation playing out. But this time, I want you allow, to allow yourself for that situation to play out as you would have wanted it to, to get the desired outcome. So just nod for me if you can see the door in your mind. Now, I just want you to walk through it. Open it, shut it behind you. Can you see the chair? Walk over to that and sit down in that chair. And now you're back in that situation and you've got a second bite at the cherry and just become aware of what you want to do so that that gets the desired outcome that's required for the good and great of everybody. And just see that playing out. I'm gonna leave you alone for a few seconds. And just as you see that playing out, just nod your head if you feel either the pain in your head changing. Does that change for you? Does it feel less painful? Excellent. And do you feel um, less, um, more calm in your body or does it feel softer for you as an experience? And just as you see that situation concluding and, and achieving what you needed to achieve from it, I just want you to acknowledge that in your mind by saying out aloud, but in your mind, yes, this is good. This is exactly what I needed. This, this is the perfect outcome. This is fantastic. And does that whole energetic experience of where you are now feel good for you? Mm -hmm. Does it feel better? So I now want you just to say quietly in your mind, I like this feeling. I like how this feels within me. I'm a success. I can manifest anything that I wish for myself. I can enjoy experiences that serve me in any situation. There are no blocks. This is fantastic. This is amazing. I'm awesome. And I realize I don't need to suffer anymore. And just take a couple of deep breaths in and out for me. And when you're ready, just wiggle your fingers and toes, gesture your body, allow your eyes to open and allow your eyes to adjust back into the room as you rejoin together with us. How was that? That was really good. <laughs> that was very, very good. Yeah. <clears throat> and I don't know, and well, I'll, I'll ask you in a moment just to share that experience. You don't have to reveal the details, of course. But the, the point is, is when you're in that place that feels good, now you've experienced that the fact that it was like a motorway junction behind you, the thing that didn't serve you. You didn't have to let go. You didn't have to try. You didn't have to work at it. You didn't have to do any of that. You just had to shift your awareness 
to what you needed. Mm. End of suffering. And you were focusing, like we were talking about the reticular activating system on what was needed. And you weren't noticing that what, what, what wasn't. You were seeing the Ford galaxies uh, that are new, not the old Ford galaxies that didn't serve you. But you didn't think about that. You didn't have any attachment to that. You just moved to what you knew was needed. And that's the thing. We can do that in real time living by understanding that when people are resisting you or are fighting you, that by pushing back against them in whichever way you do that won't serve either of you. So you able to share some some experience of, of that exercise as to how it felt for you? Yeah, it was about a just a little situation that happened and my response could have been a lot better. Uh-huh. It was just, uh, you know, and you're making up all the excuses. Oh, I'm a bit tired. It was on the cusp of the moment. But actually, no matter how many excuses you make, you know underneath, you're like, yeah, you totally balls that up and don't ever yeah. do that again. But And then that's what you hold on to. You're like, mm-hmm. I, I failed. Yeah. And and as you as you literally went through the doors, mm. that, that whole energy changed. Very much. And it's interesting to observe that when you were coming back to join us, you you did almost come back to reality. You know, you you came back to to the moment in this room, albeit virtual, that we are together already. And you did almost have to drop back into that from wherever you were. And you see, when we can do that by walking with our eyes open, it it's so much it's so much more powerful so can i try another quick example with you because again these are tools everything that we're sharing tonight i see i I love to give people little tools they can go away and work with because they're little gifts and i charge for this i don't know if all our lovely viewers tonight understand they've got to pay for this but before you all freak out and turn off (laughs) not with money with love and the currency of love works like this when you practice these for yourself because i'm sure a lot of you will do they're free gifts that will help you and will help you heal yourself you can heal yourself you can heal your body you see um now and when you can master those and you understand how that works please do share them with somebody else if there's only 10 of us watching this evening 10 can reach another 10 and multiples of 10 you hit 100 people real quick you hit a thousand people real quick because they're they'll always share something that works particularly if it's free. It's the nature of humanness. It's what it is. So what we're going to do in a moment is just invite you to uh, rejoin together with the experience that didn't serve you very well and allow that experience physically to come back into your body with that head experience. And then what I'm going to get you to do is to hold yourself in that energy, because the point of this is, is sometimes situations go on in our lives where there isn't either the opportunity to change or unbeknown to us, there's a lesson in the suffering that we're going through. And I know that might sound a bit macabre. You might think, what is this crazy dude doing? He's now causing us to suffer. He's just spent the last hour talking about not suffering, and now he's putting us back into the suffering. Now, I'm sharing with you how you choose to suffer. But sometimes there are experiences that we have to groan and grow through because that's how we evolve. And the point is, is how quickly you grasp that. But there is a way that you can heal yourself in these moments so that when the opportunity is right you're not focused on the pain and the suffering of what is that you've created to be reality which by the way it isn't it's just what you've told yourself it is you've labeled it you've got that mental and emotional connection to it and you feel like the flight fright or freeze scenario 
don't know what to do, can't do anything. Ah, overwhelm is another word. But what I'm going to share with you is a very simple example. And like we spoke earlier on about saying Ian over and over and over and over again until Ian became effectively of no effect. We're going to do that with this instance of the suffering that Lawrence had with this pain in his head. So Lawrence, if you're game, oh, you're a great guinea pig. You're good fun to play with. I like playing with you. If That's I end cool. up running around this church clucking like a chicken and flapping my arms, Mr. Mason, I will be on the <laughs> next train to London. All right. <laughs> That's all. East Croydon is the nearest station. Yeah, that's fine. I get free rail travel. I will find you. <laughs> uh, so may I just invite you just to um, sit comfortably again and just allow yourself to settle. It's quite interesting that instantly Lawrence wants to shut his eyes, which is great, because when you shut off the externals, you just connect with what you're feeling, which is really, really important. And I'd encourage anybody that might be going through trouble sometimes or a difficult situation, um, obviously not if you're in a boxing match or driving a car and it's difficult, shutting your eyes isn't going to help. A great deal um okay so and we don't want to cause suffering to others but all joking aside so we're just going to ask lawrence just to breathe in and out through his nose and his mouth there and i'm just going to ask him to nod as he starts to feel more settled again when he just feels that energy shift and change within him just as the tide ebb and flows might be very subtle or slight there he goes that's wonderful now would you just recall into your mind that experience that, you know, you weren't your best by your own admission and, and allow that to come back in and just nod when you feel the mental connection of that. And just nod when you feel the emotional connection in your body. There we go. The body follows the mind. You see, that's how that works. And you can feel that pain in your head as the experience. Now, what I would like you to do, Lawrence, is to bring your attention to the pain in your head, almost like the bullseye that you're aiming at, so that you can see the center point or the point of that pain in your head. Just nod when you can do that. And now I'd like to invite you to breathe in through that point of pain, through the point in your head, and out through that point in your head. Just focusing on that point. in and out through that point. And just nod for me when you feel the pain subsiding. Keep breathing in and out. It might just be getting smaller, it might ease, it might go all together. Okay, and we're just gonna leave you there doing that for a few moments and perhaps you can just nod when you feel it's significantly gone or has gone altogether. Now, in that space that feels good for you, I just want you to say out aloud, but in your own mind, I found the peace. I found my peace. What I needed has found its way to me. We found each other. I feel good. I like this peace. I like letting go of what no longer served me. And I like feeling in the place and the space where I'm ready now to take my next step. And I just want you to enjoy that inner peace, that equanimity and the deep appreciation for the calmness that that has. 
and just go ah take a big breath in and ah just expel it out and just nod if you feel better and when you're ready to rejoin us just wiggle your fingers and toes gesture your body bring yourself back into the room allow your eyes to open and your gaze to settle back into the light you still from my observation came back from somewhere mm. and the point there is is that and you can share this because i'm not going to put words into your mouth the point is is that when we're in moments that we can't change maybe our spouse is being a complete ass you know and, and that's not a judgment but they are being what you admitted to yourself not the highest and best version of themselves that they could be and that was causing an experience that wasn't pleasant for others we don't have to hold ourselves in the ill feeling the badness, the feeling crotchety, feeling like we want to kill them, because that's just not love, is it? It's not going to get you anywhere either. And as they say, before you set out on the path of revenge, first dig two graves, both of you will lose. It's like a boxing match. It's nuts. Two people getting physical peaks of fitness, batter the bejesus out of each other, and then hug each other at the end, having hated each other for months in the build-up to the fight. Well, if that isn't madness, I don't know what is. But that's what we do for ourselves, because when we hold ourselves in a place, we beat ourselves up. We tell ourselves not we're, what we're not and what we can't be and what we can be. But in finding the peace with the situation, you, if you can make the peace with the situation, you can find the stillness. The point of the stillness is it allows you to be you, to be calibrated back to you. When you can't seemingly change any of the external situations or influences that are around you. This is how the people in Auschwitz survived. This is how they did that, because as Viktor Frankl said, you can't take away the one basic human right, which is the choice about how we choose to feel. It's very powerful. And that's where we use the mind as a servant, but not a master. We used it as the fuel to power the vehicle for where we needed to go to. But we didn't get connected with whatever those experiences were. We were open to where we went and we found that peace. Now, there's a lovely quote by Eckhart Tolle, and it says, when you lose touch with your stillness, you lose touch with yourself. And when you lose touch with yourself, you lose yourself in the world. In other words, you become the mind of others. You stop having your own authority and you'll give your power away to your authority that comes to you. So if everybody else is saying this is the best medium in the world and, you know, we should all hail this brilliant medium, we all rush out to go and see this medium. And even if they were well, less and far less than the best medium in the world, we would still tell ourselves that they were the best and all pay homage to them. And there would be a few people that would go along the basis of, you know, worshipping them and what we call creeping around and brown nosing and all the rest of it. You see how that gets you. And that's what happens in life. So I'm, I'm always very blessed for what time I'm able to share with people that helps everybody heal, including this time together with you all this evening. But how did that work? That worked exceptionally well. Uh, yeah, that was a very big step for me because I'm a very, a very personal, very private type of person, and I, I don't seek assistance very rarely. But that was really, really interesting. The breathing in and out through the point of the pain. I'm like, okay, uh, yeah. yeah, I can focus on this. Mm -hmm. And once you had. You could actually, every inhale or exhale, 
it's just going down. It was just going down okay. and down. I was like, that's really good. Because you were focusing on the pace and you became an adrenaline junkie to the the joy, joy feelings of that, you know, that inner stillness, that equanimity, because that's that connection back with consciousness from the heart space and the head space. You didn't attach yourself to what you thought it was and how it played out and all the stress. You, you just came back to what you needed to serve you well without going through the mechanical process of steps, effectively, of everything that we've shared together this evening. And that's that's the beauty of it. And and sometimes we find ourselves in relative war zones, you know, and we really can't change things. And we don't have to go through a very difficult process of choosing to suffer and choosing not to suffer. And oh, how do I do that? You can you can use that example. And and it's and it's really, really powerful because when you do that, you see, you also get tuned to having that in your databanks. You'll never forget that experience. That's why I say you're like Google because I've played with you a little bit tonight. We've brought good experiences in and they've got rid of the bad experiences in the quantum jumping, quantum leaping example that we did. And then, and then we've brought them bad ones back and then we've shifted you back to the good ones. But did you notice how quick and easy it was once you realized what was good and where you needed to be, how quickly you could yo-yo that experience? And you could almost play with yourself. That sounds really wrong when you say it out loud. <laughs> but you can, you can say, Oh, look, I can make myself sick. I can make myself better. I can make myself sick. I can make myself better. Yo, yo, yeah. yo, 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 yo. And the point is, is it shows you how significant, or I'm going to say insignificant, attachment is because you can change it in a heartbeat, quite yeah. literally, through love. You don't have to go through these big exercises. Now, very controversially, a lot of this also crosses over with manifesting, which we're not going into tonight. But what I am going to share with you is, is you don't need all these teachers, all these people flogging courses about how to manifest this, how to unblock your abundance blocks that you have and all the rest of it. Because we create a dependency by somebody preaching that they've done this and they've got this Ferrari, these 10 flashy cars. And if you follow my principle, buy my book and all the rest of it. We're all here achieving things differently and we all contribute. And when you understand that, you don't need to have attachment to anyone or anything, always separate words, because they bring dis-ease and discomfort, again, separate words, because you're not at one with all that you feel that you know to be true to you. You've got your own system of what works, but you've just got to get into the space and place where you can allow it to reveal itself to you, because it's there, you're just not allowing yourself to experience it. And it's the same sort of example from the perspective of prayer. Prayer is what do I need next? Prayer is in every moment. It's not when you get down on the cushions as I used to in my local church as a kid growing up, you know, in between the pews there. And I pray like that because if I fell into the River Thames as a big boat went past with a ruddy great propeller blade and I was heading towards it, do you know what? I would just be going, God save me. You know, I really wouldn't be thinking yeah. too much about the cushion or looking for it. You know, my prayer would be, what's the effect of, oh my, this isn't the best experience that could be happening for me right now. Uh, or, or, or similar vocab, perhaps slightly more blue in colour um, to that to that extent. But that's the point, you see. It's whatever we calibrate to. But whatever we pick up, we can drop just like that. And it's really important. But, I mean, you know, do you feel that you could use those experiences, Lawrence, in daily life? Definitely. Most definitely. I, uh, I have a couple of um, areas that I will go and practice that on yeah. later on. I do it daily, <clears throat> I do it daily because... We all have experiences, 
you know, even even calling somebody a blithering idiot if they're about to pull out on you. Somebody called, pulled out on me last night as I was driving up the road home. I'd, I'd actually been in a session with a client in, in Crawley. I was on my way back to Croydon and I came around the corner. There were no cars and this person wasn't clearly looking um, and they nearly hit into me. And, and I turned and I went, what's wrong with you? But it was really interesting because it wasn't an aggressive or violent experience that came out of me. It was just like, what are you doing? And I never realized that before I'd have been really angry at the person, but it was just the experience of, oh my gosh, that's gonna make me unsafe. But I didn't swear at them or call them bad names. I didn't then go and tell all my friends about it. And then I didn't put it on Facebook afterwards. Mm. And then keep any energy of that. Good or bad, experience is just experience. So you can live with the glory or the shitness, as I call it, of all the things that aren't serving us. It's really important. And that's what this, this was the wonderful thing about Infinite Love with Marianne Williamson also shared with us. She talked about how everyone says, oh, oh, my poor darling, let's go out the weekend and have a coffee. And then we can all share our, our pain and our suffering. But actually what we're doing is we're not being a healer helping. We're just loading up the suffering and making that soup thicker so it's more difficult to digest for us all. We're making it worse. And we have to be very, very careful as empaths. You may all have seen that little example on Facebook where an empath goes along and touches somebody that's suffering. And this character that's suffering is, is black in this, in this example. And all of a sudden, the blackness comes out of them and goes into the person that's being the empath for them. That's not helping. That's not helping. We need to be present when we have the opportunity and the moment to help somebody. It's because of where we are. It's the space and place that, that we are being. That is the radiator and the influence that the other person knows that this person can help us. And by being ourselves in those situations with the healing and the experiences that we have. And this is where the counseling courses are very, very useful and very, very helpful for us. And why really to go through. Uh, this living experience, some experience like this, both spiritually and perhaps psychologically, because psychologically keeps us more in the personality than it does spiritually. It's more conceptual than perceptual. Perceptual living with what we feel is much stronger. But when we're there, just shining our light for others, that's why we're there in the first place. If we become what they are, we just share the same space and place with them and we can't help them heal. So sometimes by being an empath, by trying to stop the suffering of everybody else and taking their suffering as our suffering, the helper becomes helpless themselves. And that's not what it's about. Now, don't confuse that with not wanting to help suffering stop. But we can, we can guide people, but sometimes we listen. But the whole idea about helping other people isn't at the cost of making ourselves sick. Because if we dim our lights, we can't shine it on for others. And everybody gets there when they're ready. And we can only do our best. It's a really, a really interesting point to contemplate. Mm. Be aware. Be aware. Ian. What an absolutely brilliant night. Thank you. I very am much. absolutely bowled over. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing this time and uh, this vast reservoir of knowledge you've got with us. It's a pleasure. It's it's a gift for giving. That's the whole point, is sharing. <laughs> yeah, it's in love. Yeah. 
we <laughs> we had a conversation about that today about giving and how sometimes not to receive. <laughs> yes. yes. Um, yeah, very interesting. Ian Mason, thank you so much. Welcome. Thank you from a personal level for that oh, exercise. Welcome. That was very beneficial. Uh, and But thank you in that greater understanding of coming here to talk to us tonight. It's, it's been absolutely it. awesome. Uh, we've you. had some wonderful people that absolutely love you. Thank I you. will, with your permission, be converting tonight's show to a podcast later on. I will Me send too. you a copy. Thank you. Uh, so people can download and listen to it at their leisure. Yeah, wonderful, but wonderful. On behalf of everybody here, thank you. And we wish you all a wonderful evening, everybody. Look after yourselves. Stay safe, stay sane. And we will see you next Saturday night at 7 o'clock. Bye, everyone. Thank you so much. Look after yourselves and love yourselves and each other.